The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, proposed tax reductions on rental income are under consideration as a strategy to retain landlords in the housing market, with the Department of Housing suggesting an income-based approach. Uh, while the Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, aims to benefit both landlords and tenants, but we expect resistance to come from the Department of Finance to any of those proposals. I'm joined now by a spokesman for the Irish Property Owners Association, Morris Deverell, and by Assistant Professor of Economics at Trinity College in Dublin, Dr. Barry Rowntree. Good morning uh, to you both. And Morris, we'll go to you first. Is, is this good news? Because it is, after all, at this stage, only a kite. It is. And it's, it, look, it is good news. It's obvious that we do need to retain landlords within the market. Tenants need freedom and they need choice as to where they're going to live and where there are places available. And there is a serious lack of availability because there's a serious number of landlords leaving the market. We know from the RTB there was around about 160 odd thousand of landlords, which the RTB told us about in June 2021. Those numbers have not been updated since, which is surprising. But we need new investment, we need new landlords to come into the market, we need more choice for tenants, and this is one way that it could help it. So what we're suggesting is a 25% rate. And the reason why we're looking at that is because it's, uh, most landlords pay 50-odd percent in tax anyway on their own income. But we know that landlords, contrary to popular opinion, make very little money. For instance, according to the CSO, 50.5% of landlords in 2022 made under €10,000 and nearly 80% made under €20,000. When the 50% tax comes off that, it leaves very, very little return on the actual investment. Yeah. So uh, many landlords though, uh, are borrowing uh, to fund uh, the, their purchase of a property to let and uh, you know, if you were to take someone who owns a property um, and they were making 20 grand a year on a property they own, that's like putting, you know, money in a bank and getting 20 grand interest on it. It would be seen as a nice little earner. It would. And when you look at the Raisin Bank Ireland at 4.3% today and you start looking at those figures, you start realising that you need to be better off putting it on deposit in the bank. Um you're right about landlords uh, owing money on it and, and owing serious money, but we can see that no, la- no new landlords are coming in. We know that $175 million was borrowed by landlords in 2022. Now, $175 million is maybe 350 units, 400 units. It's very little coming in new stock into the market where there is so much old stock leaving. Our population's increasing. We need more rental units. So we're looking for equality with the rates because obviously the real estate investment trusts, because obviously they don't pay tax and they produce the new units. And in fairness to them, because they don't pay tax, they have produced 24,000 units over the last number of years, which are new units into the market. Now, now the people who uh, invest in the REITs, they pay tax. Do you know what I mean? When the money comes out to them, they pay tax on the dividends. That is true, but, but most of them are big pension funds and most of them are investment funds in that form. One of the problems with the REITs is this, is that they stick, they stick to the central areas of the main cities. So you won't get a REIT offering you accommodation in a tie yeah. in County Kildare. Yeah. Uh, the other problem is if uh, a real inv- uh, estate investment trust is actually declaring its dividends outside the state to foreign owners... It's the foreign uh, tax authorities who get the money. 
not the Irish exactly. tax authorities. Yeah. Not the Irish tax authorities. Now, this is why we feel that it would be a lot fairer if the if it was a 25% rate, which is uh, which is halfway between what the rates are paying and what we're paying at present, and then it might actually be viable and should mm. keep. Okay, some and, more and you also in the you market also because we need more supply pass at the end of the day. You want uh, inheritance tax to change. Yes. The, if you look at farming or if you look at businesses, when you pass on a property, an inheritance tax is, is deducted at 90% of the value of the property, and then you pay the capital acquisition tax on that new value of the property. Now, obviously, we'd want it that if it was passed on to your son or your daughter or otherwise, therefore, the tenants could stay in the property, and also the person inheriting it would have to keep it for a number of years. All right, that, so that the, the, the changes to Julie. Anyway, uh, all will be discussed at Cabinet today. I'm sure they're uh, mulling over some of these things. Uh, so, Dr. Barra Rountree, Assistant Professor of Economics at Trinity College in Dublin, uh, what do you make of the kite flying and what that kite may contain? So uh, this is another kite going up, I suppose, this week about another type of tax cut for landlords. So two weeks ago, we had talked that we might have a 14,000 tax-free allowance. Now we're hearing there might be a reduced rate of tax on landlords. And what these things share is that they would be very expensive, very unfair, and fundamentally, and most importantly, just completely ineffective in dealing with the problem. So uh, what your, your speaker before mentioned there is absolutely correct. We need a huge amount of additional housing and rental supply yeah. into the market. But now, the RTB survey, com- by the way, um, mm. no longer wish to be a landlord. 45% say, that's why I'm getting out. Yeah. Being a landlord is not profitable for me. 30% say that. Taxation's too high on rental income. 25% mm. say that. The property is no longer a negative equity. Glad to get out, say 19%. Uh, I'm retiring. Mm. My properties and my pension. 19%. Regulatory environment for landlords is too tough, 13%, uh, and so on. Yeah. But a huge number just don't want to be a landlord for all those reasons. Exactly. Like, what you can think of, one of the problems that we have now is during the Celtic Tiger, we encouraged a bunch of people to become landlords. With, remember when you had your your, your tax-favoured uh, accounts coming due just before the election back then, and lots of people got into being landlords around the time. And they're now approaching retirement they don't want to be landlords and that's one of the big reasons you're having landlords leading. So we're absolutely, I think what everyone's agreed on is we need a huge amount more units. We need forty to 60,000 units so in the country So how, how do you encourage people to, to get into the market and to stay yeah. in the market? Not by these tax cuts. These tax cuts, what they would be doing is giving a tax cut to all those who are in the market already, all those landlords, whether they leave, whether they're thinking of leaving or not. Mm. And so from that point of view, it's hugely expensive. What was talked about about two weeks ago would have cost about 400 million. So there's about 160,000 landlords who pay uh, tax uh, at the moment, who, who, who declare that income? Say if you, we, you know, say if you were to stop just ten thousand of them leaving with that, and I think that's incredibly optimistic. You're talking about forty thousand per landlord that you've stopped leaving. So it's an incredibly expensive and ineffective way of stopping them leaving. Rather, what we should be doing is looking at what are the barriers to new supply and what are the barriers to people becoming landlord to investing in the market. And there, I think and you have to look. At, so I think in part it's it is regulation. So we have the system where we've put in place a very strict system of rent controls across the country and they are becoming... You know, rental pressure zones. zones. Rental pressure zones. And th- that is causing pro- issues across the country. So there is a regulatory side there. But also on the regulatory side, it's too hard to build in this country. You know, we, we, we have a whole set of regulations which interact with each other. We have density requirements, we have building regulations, and all of these stack up and are never reviewed yeah. and make it very expensive to build. So also, we're, the stuff we are building is often not fit for purpose, not fit for family habitation, no storage, mm-hmm. no green spaces, where balconies are counted as green space. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and but, but the problem is that you have all these different sets of regulations which all interact with each other and make it very 
expensive. So we hear sometimes from those who are trying to build property that what they'd like to do would be build own front door kind of property, yeah. and and but they can't because there's a requirement that you have to have a very large garden at the back. And so in order to have that very large garden, you can't build at the density that the regulations say you have. So those, I think, that's one of the big issues kind of around there. But also in terms of you know if there if there is one place where tax cuts can play a role, it would be actually in terms of VAT on new builds. So rather than giving a tax cut to all people landlords who are already there and in the market, let's try and make new housing but, more expensive. So but we know that developers and builders absorb all those things. You give them a grant, a first time buyer's grant, yeah. the price goes up by the amount of the grant. Uh, they take the money every single time. Every yeah. government initiative, the developers and builders take the money. They, yes, and but what I think with the VAT cut, what would do would mean that you ha- will now have some projects which aren't viable, becoming viable because of that increased margin. So yes, I think they probably will nick most of the, the VAT yeah. cut, but it might actually be effective in terms of bringing new units on. Whereas what we're, what's been talked about and looked for by the landlords associations would not. And you can, I think it's important to think of those two groups differently, right? There's a, a group of people who are looking and trying to build new houses and there's a group of people who already have new houses. We should be encouraging that, you know, the, the, the group who are trying to build the new houses and, and that isn't the landlords yeah, association. Because after all, a house is a house and whether it's rented or bought, you know, it is a, an occupied unit. So we need more uh, units to be occupied however we get them. We do. And, and what's really actually worrying from that regard is there was at a presentation over the weekend and what we see in the latest bunch of county development plans. So these are the, the plans that set out for each local authority, how many, you, you know, how many where, where you can build, what you can build in different places. What we see in those is that there's actually been a scaling down of the number of units across the Dublin area, about, about 60,000 units on a conservative basis. So you know, what we have is a situation where we chronically need huge amounts of more housing and instead what we're getting is actually from the centre, from from kind of some of the, from, from the local authorities, from the Department of Housing, we're getting it made harder to build housing. So you, that results in those situations like we saw in Greystones where they say we can't, we can't build anymore, we've already exceeded what should be a target but what they're treating as a cap. All right, well, um, some people say they've wrecked Greystones, but that's uh, a, a, another matter entirely. Uh, Dr. Barra Rountree, Assistant Professor at, of Economics at Trinity College in Dublin, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.